Sick. They're coming off the top rope. If they can actually climb up there. You got me. No, don't do this. It's time for the finishing move. Our chance to talk all things wrestling with the road dog Adam Gillespie, Brandon Joseph, and Big John Radcliffe. The finishing move on Atlanta's alternative sports station, the SportsX. Good evening, wrestling fans. Welcome to The Finishing Move. This is Road Dog Adam Gillespie with my tag team partner, John Radcliffe. How are you tonight, sir? Absolutely wonderful. That's good. It's always, well, I, I, I do that to people. I have that effect on them that when no, they are around no, me no, in no. person, their day turns from gloomy to wonderful. So I'm glad I was able to lend that to you tonight as I am here in studio not the road dog but here in studio with you tonight no that might be that might this might be the dark side of my day <laughs> no no you had to work with Joe Hamilton so what do you because Joe's complexion would no what because exactly he's a tech are, guy why do you always got to take it there it, have I have you met yourself do you know Adam Gillespie you're awful Joe Ham is an is an amazing man. The man's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I, I think that's like every school has to have at least one, and so he Maybe. was there one. Question, question, question for you. Yes, sir. Are you in any Hall of Fames? I am. Which one? Six eighty, the Fan Hall of Fame. No, that's Hall of Shame. Well, yeah, you are in the Hall of Fame as being the only individual who's been on final notice for, what, three years, four years? No, longer than that. <laughs> I've been here for 15, so more, probably half of that, at so least. Seven years you've been, been on, on final, final notice. notice? Me and a couple others. No, I think it's uh, just you. <laughs> no, I can think of one other. Trust me. Anyways, let's talk some wrestling because we've had not only a, a week full of wrestling, we're about to have another weekend full of wrestling. Uh, thanks to AEW having their Fighter Fest, their second uh, official pay-per-view coming up this weekend on Saturday, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. But right now, we've got a lot of WWE to cover, uh, including, to me, what is some really big news that came out just earlier today. We're going to get to that soon, uh, but let's kind of go chronolo- chronologi- chronologically. As the week progressed, and did start you get with a Sunday. degree from UGA while you were there? Because <laughs> they might want that back. That wasn't in speech or communications, which probably should have been considered in the field of work that I'm in. So, what was your degree? But I didn't get a degree at UGA, so don't everybody. <laughs> but I went to ASU, Augusta State University, in Augusta. Okay, what was your degree in history? <laughs> just goes, which comes in very helpful here. Can we talk about... Let's just talk wrestling. All right, let's talk wrestling. Let's talk wrestling. It's better that way. <laughs> so, now, I think I know your standpoint on this stomping ground this past Sunday night. Uh, well, yeah, because you walked in the other day. And, and I asked, asked you, <laughs> yeah, and I asked you, and we differ, I believe. But the people out there don't know your standpoint, so go ahead and tell them. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. It sounded like you were giving it a thumbs down. I was. I okay. gave it a thumbs down. I don't feel like anything developed from it. I don't feel like anything really progressed too much further. I mean, okay, you had, what, New Day taking on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. First of all, at some point in time, it looks like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they literally could end up with every title in the WWE. Because if they're not going for the world championship, at some point, I, if I'm not mistaken, they went for the tag team championship. We got nothing from that. I think the one match that I did like until it kind of clicked in my head that 
maybe it could have been different, and I might have liked this one more. It was Ricochet versus Samoa Joe, and it's the harsh reality that you realize we could have gotten Ricochet and Rey Mysterio. How cool would that match have been? Well, I still think this match is cool. Those are two I'm not of taking my... I, I'm not taking anything away from this match because I did enjoy this match. But think of the movement, and particularly if Ray could have mustered up just an ounce of old Ray and been able to to move as fast as Ricochet would have. Sure, if that if that had been the direction they would have gone with Ray as the champion, uh, yeah, sure, I'm sure that would have been a good match, and I'm sure we'll probably get that match somewhere down the road. Samoa Joe versus Ricochet was one of my favorite matches, and it's just good to see an NXT star get that push. And hopefully that's what that will be with this U.S. title run. Now, we've seen NXT guys come up and get pushes before, but it hasn't been able to sustain. Uh, Most notably was Finn Balor. Of course, that was his injury that took him out uh, being the first universal champion. Uh, But others, the majority, I would say, have not got this type of push uh, although he's been on the main roster for a couple months now. Well, I mean, remember, that it started off him and Aleister Black as a tag as team. As a tag team, yeah. And, and we, Aleister hasn't even wrestled in the last couple of weeks. Thankfully, somebody no finally knocked. knocked the door. Well, somebody finally did this past go Tuesday. Open the door for him. You got to go let him. <laughs> we'll see what, go where that door. transpires and where that goes, hopefully. I think he got one of those ring doorbells at the door so he can <laughs> so see he can who's see out there before first. before he answers. That'd be smart. Maybe uh, uh, Comcast yeah, Security. I enjoyed that match. Uh, I thought it was a good match. I, I, those are two of my favorite workers. So whenever they're in a match, I'm already bought into the match. And, uh, but see, the challenge that I run into... And this was something, and when I saw this match, I was a little concerned about it. And we ran into Becky Lynch and Lacey Evans. The match itself was very sloppy. Yeah, and there's, uh, I'm pretty sure it's from Stomping Ground. I, uh, I, that's a fact I know it is. It's out there maybe on Twitter or somewhere where there's a part in the match where Becky goes calls, for the springboard kick. Yeah, she calls for like a back back elbow or something. She makes the the call in the ring very loud, audibly, to where the TV camera picks it up. They then try to execute the um, said call. Uh, it's not – she. yeah, she she kind of jumps up from in the corner of the yeah. ring. Uh, Lacey's not ready, so she kind of lands, and then she jumps again and executes the move. And, and then Lacey's there's a look still of, not ready. And then there's a look of frustration on Becky's uh, face. <laughs> so uh, – but yeah, was that that match wasn't one of the top matches? But overall, I enjoyed the pay per view. I thought it was better than I had hoped it would be. Um, although pay per view buys were down for this, uh, one of the lowest. Although there's not a lot of pay per view buys anymore, given the WWE Network. But those for those people who do still go the traditional route, this was one of the lowest in the modern era of pay per views for the for the WWE. Uh, just barely beating out the lowest, which was uh, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Super, Super, Super Showdown. Showdown. That was the, that they they keep doing this where they set up a low mark and then they go and beat that low mark. So they did that again with and even the crowd. I thought the crowd they 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 were very camera aware uh, when they shot that crowd because they were on Twitter. There were some people uh, in the audience who were sending out shots from the arena, and a lot of that arena was tarped off as you brought up just a couple weeks ago uh ticket sales did not go very well for that pay-per-view and apparently there was not a lot of i I think a lot of people had low expectations for it and i think that's the problem is and i think we talked about it it's been too many pay-per-views too close together we haven't gotten a chance to let something develop to let something craft itself out 
and maybe that's where I'd feel a little, and that might be my entire angst of it. And then, like I said, you add that portion of uh, uh, Lacey Evans and Becky Lynch, Bailey and Alexa Bliss. I expected more from Alexa Bliss. I get it. She has to kind of get going a little bit more. It, it didn't exactly deliver on what I thought we what uh, what I was expecting. And there's a very rare moment in time where you agree with someone that you say, "Okay, I'm agreeing with you on this one." I would have been much happier if Drew McIntyre would have beat Roman Reigns. Yes, he should have won. I think we've gotten to a. I think we've kind of gotten back into that mode for Vince or whoever is making this decision decisions in the back that all right Roman's our guy we don't want him to lose Roman had so I don't understand the purpose of this match Roman just beat him I say just it's been a couple months now but he just beat him at Wrestlemania uh, in a regular like non stipulation type match so they just so now they're repeating that match usually the other guy would go over uh, and maybe you'd go to a see who could get the best two out of three um, but that's not the case. Roman just won again. Yeah, and and that's I don't I don't know where this is going to. And plus, I think that Roman is an established top star. Correct. And not that Drew's not. I think he's teetering right there. But he could have used the win more than, than Roman, Roman could over him. If you get if you understand what I'm but saying. Then where, out there. And then my next question then becomes, where's this going? Roman Reigns has not been any contention for. He's not in talks with the U.S. title for the. I see universal, world. and he hasn't been since he got back. So where is this going? Where and having Roman win, at least if this could have propelled Drew McIntyre to go towards Finn Balor for the IC title, then I would have said, okay, I get it. I'm a, but this and or even Drew towards Kofi, anything. And but this is where I said, okay, where does Drew go after this? I think part of the problem for Roman is right now both of your singles champions on SmackDown. Although you don't have to be on SmackDown to compete, or uh, you you don't have to be on Raw to compete for Raw championships, but the two that are on his brand, and I'm using finger quotes, um, are both faces, Kofi and Finn. So if they go, if he goes up against them, it's going to be face versus face. So which is not particularly liked by Vince, and not liked by wrestling fans because you got to kind of pick a side when they're both good. Um, and wrestling fans don't really like to do that. And I think if they did a, a Roman versus Kofi right now, who would the crowd cheer for? Oh, they're going Kofi. 100%. Yeah, exactly. And I think they're trying to get out of that cycle where the fans boo Roman so much. And I think they've successfully done that since he's been back. He's gotten booed here and there, but not nearly as much as he did before. It's just it's very perplexing by that one. And, and you even kind of wonder to some degree – I know we've all asked for it throughout the years. You know, we wanted to see it with Cena. The heel turn. Yeah. Could Roman stand to have a heel turn? I just don't think we're gonna get it. If, he, know, if they didn't do it either. with if he didn't do it with Cena, I don't think he's gonna do it with Roman. It'd be great though. It would have been great with Cena. Yeah, I agree. It and, was great. I know you don't like this guy particularly, but it was great with Hogan. I agree. I mean, when Hogan had been the babyface, he was the goat in the eighties. Your much, book, he's the goat now. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm but wearing I mean, a Hogan I, shirt. But I mean, when he you. came out and turned bad, I mean, it's just unbelievable the the reaction that that can garner. But I, Vince says, "I need this guy to carry this company, uh, and I don't want any case, so he can't be bad, you know." And he never did that with Hogan either. And I think he missed out on a lot of money. But wasn't a and correct me if I'm wrong because, and maybe I'm thinking of this the wrong way. 
Stone Cold was kind of the anti anti face, to so to speak. He was a good. He was a heel. He was a heel. A good guy who did heel things. He carried the company. The Rock was a heel. Now I don't know if he was the top guy when he was a heel. I'm, I'm trying to think. Back. He was probably the top heel, definitely. Uh, and then when he was a face, and Austin was out, you could either say that he was. Uh, the top face, or that he was at least one A, one B, and you could argue which was A and B. Even I, I could even somewhat say to some degree, maybe Triple H when Rock was down, Austin was down. You had Triple H was kind of a heel that could do it. Yeah, well, there have definitely been those guys who have kind of flipped back and forth, but I think all three of well, not Rocky Maivia. But when he came back as the Rock, well, he Rocky came back Maivia as, wasn't carrying anybody. Yeah, no joke. The Rock was. The, when the Rock came back, he came back as a heel. Austin was initially a heel, and then kind of organically turned babyface because he uh, got favorite. Into, he got into a feud with uh, Bret Hart, and Bret Hart mate was making it was basically U.S. versus Canada, and then he became the guy who challenged his boss. Who everybody could relate to, who wants to challenge their boss except me. I love you, you Scott McFarland and Dave, David Dickey. Uh, I love my bosses. I would never challenge, challenge them. them but that's what Steve, Steve Austin did. Uh, so so everybody fell in love with that and loved him, and it, it propelled him to be the hottest um, superstar in the late 90s. Both Cena – well, Cena was a face when he came out and, and, and rapped and um, slapped Kurt Angle in his debut, correct? That was it. That was babyface. He was babyface. He went heel – when he became the doctor of thugonomics a little bit. Was that heelish? Well, really? remember he would grab the, he wore the chain with the lock on yeah, it, uh-huh. and he'd punch you with the chain with the lock, but he wasn't the top guy. And Roman's never really been a heel, although the faction, the Shield, was very heelish when they first debuted. But when uh, but then when Seth turned on the Shield, breaking up the faction, ever since then, Roman has been a heel, I mean a face, sorry. And I don't see, I just don't, unless somebody else, just emerges to really carry that company. I don't see Vince taking that uh, risk, turning Roman heel, although we'll talk about later in the show what I kind of touched on at the beginning. There are maybe some new people in charge who maybe would be willing because one of these new people that are in charge, they were the key persons or people in turning Hulk Hogan heel back in the Well, let me ask you this, though. Here's one more name that I'm going to throw at you, and uh, I'm wondering, has do you you – consider him or has he ever been a top guy to you randy orton because randy orton's been both heel and face uh he's been kind of like stone cold to me he's kind of been the good guy who was bad or bad guy who was good that you liked who did heelish a good guy who kind of did heelish yeah he's that now he kind of sneaks up behind you and gives you the RKO. The RKO. Hit you. I mean, Seth Rollins was been going around hitting people with chairs uh, for no reason uh, on, in some cases the last few weeks leading up to stomping ground. Hey, Seth uh, Rollins, I got a guy named Adam Gillespie. If you want to swing by. I've told you that I would let you hit me with a chair in my Wait, back. Wait, hold on. Let me in the uh, In the Atlanta Sports X cave on video, but see? you've never taken me yeah. up. I've taken chair shots before, trash can shots, and I've gone through a table. Does it so, have to be a steel chair? Yes, it's a steel chair. It's not going to be like the rolling chairs that I'm in. It's like a wrestling-type chair. Uh, steel chair to the back, flat on flat. It's not 
as bad. Uh, it doesn't feel good. Where trust can me. we book it? Like when I've told you, we can do it in the fan cave. Okay, it, so today is so you got to talk to Caitlin and get that video get, in there. We need to get this booked. I get to hit you with a. Ch- <laughs> but let me ask you a reason yeah, uh, why I think Stomping Ground may have soured uh, in your mind a little bit, and it's kind of along the lines of the fact that. Um, to me, sometimes the ending to a pay-per-view can kind of tarnish the whole pay-per-view. I've said that before many a times. I think I said Fair that point. I said that about Super Showdown with the way Undertaker and um, <laughs> Goldberg right. ended. Uh, that really tarnished the whole pay-per-view. Unless tarnished the legacy, a, brother. Yeah, no joke for both of them. Uh, but we'll talk about one of them coming up in a moment. Um, sometimes there can be a stipulation or an event at a pay-per-view. And if that maybe you build it up in your head, uh, I don't know. Get off the top of your head. Do you remember when you were thinking about the special guest referee in the match, which was promoted at at nauseum? And over, who did you want to walk out there, or did you build it up in your head where pretty much whoever walked out there, it wasn't going to be good enough? No, I had built up in my head. That honestly, one of the special guest referees that it was gonna possibly be was gonna be someone like a. I think I'd even thought maybe Dolph Ziggler kind of mustered himself up. He came out. It was basically some way because when you think of someone getting a special guest referee, they're truly stacking the deck against the opponent. Exactly. Well, yeah. Well, and it's a Baron Corbin stipulation, so you knew it was going to be a heel type. Uh, special guest referee. Personally, I really was hoping that Brock Lesnar was going to be the special guest referee, whether he cashed in or not, maybe not, or even maybe Paul Heyman. I think if Paul Heyman had come out there and been the special guest referee, it would have been good, kind of teasing, maybe he's setting something up for Brock, who maybe is in the back. Um, I also, I, I mentioned this last week, and I obviously got proved wrong, that I felt that Bray Wyatt was going to make his debut at, uh, as his new Bray Wyatt character at this pay-per-view. He did not in any way. Um, but I, you know, how about this scenario? You have Bray Wyatt come out as the um, funhouse Bray Wyatt. He calls the match straight down the middle. Uh, at one point later in the match, the, the lights go out. They come back on, and he's in that you know, scary creepy mask. Yeah, the creepy mask gimmick, and he maybe attacks Seth Rollins. Uh, setting up a feud for the two of them to move forward into Extreme Rules and, and maybe SummerSlam. Uh, but Lacey Evans was a letdown to me. Well, first of all, kudos to you for using logic. Obviously, the WWE could call you to use some logic in some of this because you're right. It it would have been much better with that to see Lacey Evans come out. And I've said this before on the were- show. Lacey Evans has gotten such a push that I don't know why she has it. And to do this, it was definitely a scenario of, and you and you could probably guess just for me of why, what has she done to deserve all of this hype? The reason she was a guest referee is because they were clearly setting up the next pay per view match where they were going to have the mixed match tag mixed match tag challenge winner take all, and that to me is a clear signal that there are too many pay per views when you're using one pay per view. To set, up, to set up a match for the next pay-per-view. You've got too many pay-per-views. Pay-per-views used to be ending spots for storylines. Or maybe you would start a storyline at the end of an, another ending, but uh, I, I'm not a fan of this. I think there's too much TV. I mean, think about it. This past week, if you count, what, four hours for Stomping Ground or five hours 
Uh, and then three hours of Raw and two hours of SmackDown, so almost 10 hours. And then if you do an hour of NXT on Wednesday, WWE has a lot of TV time they've got to come up with content for. And I think that's what we've gotten so far away from just – and I'm going to age myself here, but remember where even the lower card wrestlers had a story that kind of tied them together. Doink the Clown was never a top card wrestler, but Doink the Clown had a story that tied him to whether he was taking on whoever. Big Boss Man versus the Mountie. They were never a main event, but they had a story that connected and intertwined them together for that ex- for that period of time. The lower card wrestlers have no storyline. They're just having arbitrary matches, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, here you go, here's, here's something that you piece together. Oh, by the way, keep in mind, we also did have another title match that, that you know, 205 Live, which at this point in time, it's kind of, why does that even still exist? Yeah, good question. But, hey, they had a, a top guy in WWE go to bat for them, and we'll talk about that in a little bit on Twitter. Uh, well, let me let me get to one uh, good part, another good part. I, I enjoyed the pay-per-view. I don't remember if I said that as a whole. There definitely were some parts of it that were disappointing, like Lacey Evans, but I enjoyed the Kofi Kingston-Dolph Ziggler cage match. Another match that I did enjoy was Heavy Machinery versus Daniel Bryan and Rowan. I, I, I enjoy Heavy Machinery. I think they're a fun out there. They are. I know they've been compared to the Bushwhackers as of late, and they do kind of have that vibe where they're just, it seems like they're just out there having fun and, and having a good time. Um, hopefully, I think they got over in this match, although they did not win the, the, the uh, titles and showed that they can work a match. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I like Heavy Machinery. I like the... Uh... The fun that they have, I like. I like their jolliness. The caterpillar. Yeah. Say that word again. Say that word one more time for me. It's okay. We can record that one. Caterpillar. Now say it. Say it in succession. Caterpillar. There you go. Good job, the caterpillar. Uh, but I do like heavy machinery. Honestly, I feel like Daniel Bryant and Rowan have gone stale. They need something else. Well, Rowan's just boring. I don't think he he's boring no matter where he is, whether it's the Wyatt family, the uh, Thunder Brothers, or whatever they were when he was had the big axes, or the Basham, uh, brothers. The Basham brothers. Yeah, the big Bludgeon, hammers, that's it. Bludgeon. Bludgeon brothers. Basham brothers. Uh, he's just he's just boring. He's about as, as interesting as a piece of cardboard, and it doesn't give Daniel Bryan much to work with. Now he's a big, powerful guy, and he can do big, powerful moves, but otherwise he's just really boring. Now kudos to Daniel Bryan though for adding that little bit extra. I loved when he did the Ric Flair fall. He uh, the I don't know the n- n- that flop. Names. The members' names of Heavy Machinery, but when he got the splash, Otis and I don't know the other guy, and, and he walked out from there and did the fall and like. Kudos to you, Daniel Bryant, for just adding something that small to your repertoire. I applaud it. If you let your beard grow out, you look a little bit more like Eric Rowan. You let well, it it's not red. You let it what reddish. You let it grow, and you drop about 25 pounds. You and him, you know, we might stop calling you Horace Hogan. When we return, we will talk Raw and SmackDown in a new rule that I believe helped both shows this week. You're listening to The Finishing Move on Atlanta Sports X, 1230 AM and 106.3 FM. We are Atlanta's alternative sports station. The Sports X is here. And we're not your daddy's sports talk. Kick off the day at 6 AM with Golick and Wingo, bringing you the biggest national stories and the best guests in the country. Then at 9 AM, we go big with the local coverage as home team and Hamilton take the wheel. Home team Brandon Meek and Joe Hamilton are all over the Atlanta scene until noon. 
Then we head over to the cheap seats as the local talk keeps rolling with Tug Cowart and Georgia football superstar Hudson Mason. And the opinion stays strong from 3 p.m. to 6 as our man Mark Zeno laces into just about everyone on A to Z. Then we close out the day with the best college football in the Southeast as we hold court with the king himself, Chuck Oliver, from 7 to 9 p.m. Like we said, this is not your daddy's sports station. This is Atlanta's alternative sports station. 1230 and 106.3 FM. The Sports X. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Generic Sildenafil allows you to save up to $650 on Viagra. Why pay name brand prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get the same results for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 50 generic Sildenafil pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $750 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices. Never pay $15 a pill for the name brand again. Get generic Sildenafil for less than $3 a pill. Call 800-374-7672 today and save up to $650 and get 50 pills for just $99. Generic Sildenafil is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting to take your call now. Call 800-374-7672. That's 800-374-7672. Again, 800-374-7672. Celebrate America's birthday with America's pastime this 4th of July at SunTrust Park when the Phillies and Marlins come to town July 2nd through the 7th. The entire week is full of fun promotions, including an all-star poster giveaway July 2nd, a Walter Banks bobblehead giveaway on July 3rd, the number one fireworks show in the Southeast on July 4th and 5th, and a free post-game concert featuring AWOL Nation and Cold War Kids on Saturday the 6th, presented by Xfinity. For more information on the 4th of July week at SunTrust Park, head to Braves.com slash summer atlanta braves baseball shop on the finishing move on atlanta's alternative sports station the sports x welcome back to the finishing move this is your co-host road dog adam gillespie i am joined by my tag team partner john ratcliffe as always please interact with us on twitter chad listening all the way out in hawaii said uh tweeted us and said that he's listening so thank you chad aloha my friend you can reach me on twitter at road dog 680 big john you are john rad 450 on the twitters and the instagrams so please reach out to us on twitter chad once again thanks for listening and appreciate you tweeting out to us coming up in about 10 minutes we're going to go over the top rope and talk some big news uh at least in my opinion some big news breaking earlier today some superstar contract updates in the return of a legend wwe legend to TV. Okay. First off, no, unfortunately not. But let's talk a little bit about Raw and SmackDown. Uh, I think the moment, I think Stomping Ground was good. And I think that benefited both Raw and SmackDown. Both of those had ratings go up over the Monday and Tuesday nights. Raw was up about 1.8%, got to 2.275 million viewers. Uh, unfortunately, they did snap a four-week four streak of being the number one show on the cable top 150, 18 to 49 males, which is their demo. They got beat by FIFA. I don't even know what that is. Soccer. I know. I guess they was watching Alex Morgan kick in hit her 12th goal and, and rub it in the Thailand people's face. Then that's not FIFA. That's the World Cup, I thought. Oh, well, what's, what's the difference? There's like different. Is it soccer, soccer? No, there's different federations of it, though. Oh. It's like the WWE and NXT. There's different ones out there that they all intermingle with each other. So they, 
We learned something tonight. And now you know. And now you know. The more you know. And Love and Hip Hop. Uh, so they came in third. SmackDown came in number one in that same category. Now remember, when I'm saying they're coming in number one on cable top 150, that's the top 150 cable channels. So that takes out ABC, NBC, Fox, um, CW, CBS, CBS uh, those channels. I does not include those. No, TNT's cable. Is so it the, now? Really? Yeah, yeah. So they'll go head-to-head with... Um, AEW when that comes uh, around in October. Uh, so it takes out all those and all those network programmings, those that draw like 7 million viewers at night. So both of these shows were up, and I think that was because Stomping Ground piqued curiosity to see what was going to happen. Would you? I mean, you would argue that because you don't like, you did not like Smack, uh, Stomping Ground. Yeah, I don't feel like Stomping Ground had any setup for anything that was there. Uh, I think everyone is at this point in time, at least for me, and this is strictly for me, I'm at a point of, number one, when is it going to correct itself? Because at some point in time, it has to be corrected. And you can't believe that Vince McMahon could be content with it continuing down this path of where it's going and hoping that there'll be a change. Number two, you got to believe that everybody wants to see what the 24-7 championship is going to be. I think that has definitely been one of the more entertaining entertaining parts of Raw and SmackDown. And like I said, uh, when this came out, this was going to be more of a comic relief type belt, and it has been, and it's been funny. But you got to think if you're one of those guys chasing our truth around every week, <laughs> um, you got to start getting frustrated because you're like, hey, am I here to? Ch- be comic relief or am i here to be a wrestler hopefully potentially going for the wwe championship and keep up with that because we're going to talk about i know one of the stories that were you were talking about earlier the breaking news that we have one of the wrestlers who's been chasing behind r-truth and drake maverick and even prince maxwell uh it seems like he's trying to get a jump on that and he's tired of chasing the 24 7 championship and really i, wants I don't to be blame used. him so we'll talk about that one coming right, out. For the, sure, for sure. The deep, deep tease. <laughs> there you go. Um, but let me talk about this rule that got put into place. And this was not just this week. It happened, I believe, either the week before or the uh, two weeks ago. But I think it has really started to pay off. And I'll tell you why after I tell you what the rule is. Apparent, reportedly, according to Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer, Vince McMahon came out and said, no more wrestling during commercial breaks. And there has not been ever since that edict was passed down. And I think this past Monday, it really helped out in Tuesday. Because, first off, this helps either shorten matches to where they're not carrying over. But, and I know some of them are, so we'll get to that in a moment, that, that side effect. It, it really helps make matches shorter, more, um, more tight. And make moves mean more because you got to get them in before you get to a commercial break because you got to have a certain amount of commercial breaks every half hour, every hour, every three hours uh, in Raw's case. Now, because of that rule, we've been getting a lot of two out of three falls matches. And, and, the, and there hasn't been wrestling in the break because if you notice, and you can even go back and watch if you don't believe me, uh, but say the first fall, in, like when usually – at a pay-per-view where there are no commercial breaks, if there's a two out of three falls match, a lot of times, as soon as that first fall happens, uh, there will be another, the the match continues. There's no stopping it. But on Raw, they stop it, reset, and then go to commercial, and then come back, and then restart the match. Uh, And there's been uh, probably, I think on Raw there was two, 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 three out of uh, three falls matches. I think there was one on SmackDown, and the last couple weeks there's been a, couple on each show, at least on Raw, with the three hours to fill. 
Yeah, I mean, I like the fact of that. I, I like where it's going with that. I think it adds for the continuity of it. I think they got to be a little more creative, though. I think also what you're going to start to see is, and, and I could be wrong in this, because remember when we attended uh, WWE, was we went to SmackDown, right? Or was it Raw? We went to SmackDown, and SmackDown's coming back. We haven't even talked about that, I don't believe. Well, you haven't been here. I was with you last week. I was just cooking. You at were the same on a time. grill cooking. You were out of go- you were out playing golf, gallivanting, as they would say. I wasn't playing golf, but we need to talk about that. We'll do that in over the top. Um, but I think what you're going to see is remember what we got to see, kind of like the I don't want to say the behind the scenes, but I think that's the thing that I, I do worry about is you know we got to see the running of Samoa Joe. You're going to have to squeeze that in to make sure that's quick to the point, back in, back out before your commercial break, and. I just I'm intrigued to see how that's going to play out long term because that's always been a part of it. Even going back to old school Raw, where you had a match that Jr. would bring you back, you did the split screen to kind of fill in some of the high points, and then you kept moving. How many two out of three falls, or even in the case of like on Raw, where you know first you have Kofi King Kofi take on Sami Zayn, you break Kofi takes on Kevin Owens, you break again Kofi takes on. Who's next? Yeah, exactly. And, and it wasn't it. Um, I guess it was Raw. I thought it was SmackDown. Maybe it was Raw, where they like the New Day ended up wrestling, joining forces in an eight man tag team match. Correct. Uh, I, no, that was SmackDown, SmackDown at the very beginning. Um, Heavy Machinery, the New yeah, Day they, versus Daniel Bryant, Rowan, the, Owens, and Zayn in the revival. Yes, was that that part of that match? And yeah, so they've got to get. They're going to have to start getting really creative because the two out of three falls is going to get old really fast if it's not already, which it is kind of to me. Um, but I think this is good moving forward. Like I said, it's going to tighten up matches. I think it's going to give it, get lend um, more TV time to doing other things, whether that's backstage promos where you can create and uh, develop storylines. If you just start giving other wrestlers more uh, more face time, which has been kind of the downfall of this no more brand uh, brand split and did you notice I, correct me if I'm wrong just call me out if I'm wrong here and, and if I am you even call me out on Twitter uh, Road Dog 680 I don't think I heard the words wild card uh, this past Monday or Tuesday so maybe they listened to us last Thursday and said you know what they're right maybe we should just drop that because it just sounds silly now with everybody jumping back and forth but I don't think I heard those words this week now that you say that I don't think I think you're right I'll definitely, to be 100% sure, I'll have to go back and watch again. Yeah, and we'll just pay closer attention this coming up week, too. But, yeah, I think they dropped that. But the downside to not having a brand split is when you got Roman Reigns on SmackDown and a segment on Raw, it takes away from somebody who could have had a segment on Raw or SmackDown. Uh, But, you know, some of those underneath guys like uh, Nakamura, uh, you brought up Rusev last week, and we'll talk about him in a little bit. EC three, EC three, is I that mean, your is that your twenty four seven guy? Uh, yeah, I mean it's one of those things like, and we t- I spoke about this earlier, where if I'm looking at this and I love the new day, I've I've made no qualms about that. I'm a fan of the new day. I'm a fan of Kevin Owens, but if I'm a, if I'm Nakamura, if I'm EC three, if I'm Rusev, if heck I don't, Finn Balor didn't defend his title at, at Stomping Ground. If I'm one of those guys, it's kind of like, hey, you know what? Let me get in here and let's work some stories. Let's work some angles where basically it's this ongoing continuity of stories that truthfully 
it, I won't even say continuity, it shifts. So it's a raw set of stories with the one group. That exact same group is working a second story on a different show. It's a little confusing at times. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's a lot going on when you got the SmackDown champion on Raw and bouncing back and forth and even defending something called the SmackDown championship on Raw uh, and vice versa. Although I don't think Seth Rollins has been on SmackDown. Maybe once when they first started doing the wild cards. Uh, when they first started, because remember it was Kofi and Seth were both on yeah. Raw because Brock came both- out and then Brock found out, wait, I got a year? Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, so he hasn't really been bouncing back and forth like the others, and I don't even think Becky has either. Um, at least not since she dropped She's uh, the SmackDown. Do you feel like to me, Becky needs another big moment? I feel like like maybe I'm who, wrong. Who on the Raw roster would she get a big moment against? I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Not with Ronda Rousey currently out of action. She peaked. The, the biggest uh, star on Raw. And I'm not being biased because I really like her, but Alexa, uh, Bliss? Alexa Bliss is is the biggest on Raw. I mean, and, and, and if they did Charlotte again, you've already complained about too much. Uh, Charlotte, what happened Becky. to? But did uh, Oscar never got her rematch? Did she? Well, we don't do automatic rematches anymore. But I mean, Oscar, uh, she she was supposed to be the big thing, and that would have been against Charlotte because she lost it to Charlotte, Correct. and that was kind of now like, she's in a tag team. And and that tag team is hardly ever seen. Uh, Naomi, Natalia. Uh, There's no name on Raw in the women's division that reaches out and grabs me. Now I I do enjoy Alexa Bliss. I think she's probably the top heel on Raw. Uh, Becky is obviously the top woman probably on the whole division, uh, Raw or Ooh. SmackDown, with Charlotte Flair being absent. Where's the, the Riot Squad? <laughs> I just, I'm trying to think of because the first question well, that you yeah, brought up, Liv has been missing for a while. I can't remember where um, the first question. Well, the first statement you made was Alexa Bliss is the top heel. Who are the heels on the women division? Well, Lacey Evans, two. Uh, Charlotte has mostly been a heel, I think. Three. Uh, I guess uh, you have to say the iconic Mandy and Sonya Deville. Okay. Um. Yeah, definitely the Iconics. So it's a longer list because now the flip side of that coin, Oscar, Naomi, Becky Lynch, Natalia, uh, Natalia, uh, Ember Moon. I can run to uh, what's the hugger's name? Bailey. Uh, Bailey. Uh, I don't know what Nikki Cross is at this very moment. She seems to be flip flopping more than superstars are between Raw and SmackDown. So I don't know. It's 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 a division that once seemed like it had. It was going to be the thing that had its its ducks in a row, and it seems like it's slowly starting to sprinkle itself apart again. Yeah, I it well, I I don't I think they tried to push it too soon. Even when they've done these uh, like women's Royal Rumbles at the Royal Rumble or Evolution, what the women's only pay per view, they've had to dig into the chest of old divas, old. Uh, women wrestlers, but I'm bummed. See what you did there. Not did not mean to do that, but they've really had to go into the past to get people to even fill out the rosters for these Royal Rumbles or these uh, women's pay per views. So this division, I believe, and I believe the tag team championship was something that they really kind of rushed to because the fans were screaming for it, and they're looking to appease the fans right now in any way that they can. And didn't uh, have any teams. And they, yeah, they really didn't have any true. 
uh, tag teams besides the Iconics. And at the time, there were what the two, three clicks, um, the Riot Squad, and um, but even when you go outside of that a little bit, at least I remember. Remember Mandy Rose and Naomi? They had a story that had no title intentions, that had no title themes to it. It, it they made it personal. It was Mandy Rose going after Naomi, attacking her dad, uh, her husband. Oh yeah, and and then she wasn't she also was attacking Jim the Anvil Nightheart, right? I'm, with, I uh, said Natalia. Naomi. Did I say Natalia? Yeah, but she did go to Natalia. She did both. But there were stories that were just, they had no title implications at that time. It doesn't seem like we have that anymore. It's just, you know, we can see where Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are going. They're going for the ta- women's tag team belts. We know where, where that's coming from. I guess you could say Ember Moon and Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, they kind of have a feud going on, so you got something there. But Lacey Evans is kind of going for whatever belt she can She's going of. for the Raw, and she's going to continue to be in that title picture now for the uh, third pay-per-view in a row. So we'll see how that continues. Something else I didn't expect to see, and I don't think anybody expected to see on Monday night, was the return of The Undertaker, kind of out of nowhere yeah. and out of for no reason. And since the return of The Undertaker, we really haven't been really given any reason for his return other than he just came to help out Roman Reigns. Although there seemed, there's no really storyline connection between the two. Uh, he just came and, and helped ch- and choke slammed uh, Shane McMahon and as they were beating down um, Roman Reigns. So I was listening to the Booker T podcast and I had thought this five on time. my five, five time, time, five time, five time, five time. Now, I, I had thought this uh, after it happened and I was kind of trying to put the dots together of. Why is the Undertaker on Raw? He really only does these big events anymore. Uh, why is he teaming up with Roman Reigns? Apparently, in my opinion, and Booker T apparently agrees with me because great minds think alike. Um, I know Booker T's a great mind. What are you? I'm a good. I'm a great mind too. Doubtful. I was. I'm a great wrestling mind. Doubtful. I I really think that the Undertaker said. Super Showdown ended so badly, and you saw the frustration on his face at the end of that match. He said, get me back in the ring ASAP because I need to erase that memory, not only out of my mind, but out of the mind of all the wrestling fans. I I went with that, and I added one more caveat to it. This is officially the last run for The Undertaker, and we always talk about the passing of the torch. We know it... Roman Reigns beating The Undertaker means absolutely nothing now. Ever since the streaks have been broken, it's kind of... And he did it at WrestleMania, what, three years ago now? And now? But first of all, doesn't it feel like the streak was like now just a blur many, many decades ago? That's such a, a sore subject for me. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, well... Because he sh- it shouldn't have been beaten. So the streak that Roman, <laughs> The Undertaker once had... No, I agree with you. He shouldn't have been beaten, but it seems like it was just so many decades ago now that I think he's setting up... To where, you know, The Undertaker, he's, it's no longer his yard. He's officially going to make it Roman Reigns' yard. He's going to give it to the big dog. Yeah, I. so apparently backstage, Dave Meltzer, again from the uh, Wrestling uh, Observer, has reported that uh, because he wants to get back in the ring so fast to kind of maybe erase that, he has said, here's a list of superstars that I want to work with uh, because maybe I, this is my last run. Yeah, maybe I do want to pass pass the torch to some of these guys and apparently on that list uh what one of the names at least we believe that he believes is uh drew mcintyre 
So he's going to have this tag match with Drew McIntyre at uh, Extreme Rules next month, and then it's going to spin off into a one-on-one match at Survivor uh, oh SummerSlam between the two, uh, Undertaker oh and um, Drew, McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. Yeah, so we'll see where that goes. I So... No, I, I hear you saying, oh boy, and I 100% agree that The Undertaker is not uh, The Undertaker of during that streak that we just alluded to. Uh, His WrestleMania streak, the undefeated streak yes, that he won that one, but that's been That he lost to Brock Lesnar? But uh, when I look back at that match with Goldberg, and I, I, that's why you're saying, oh boy, for the most part. I, I understand you don't probably not a fan of him wrestling that much at all. But when I look back at that match, and I hate to do this to a fellow Oh, I guess I shouldn't say fellow dog, but to a damn good dog. I put the most, the majority of the blame of that match on Goldberg. I'm not arguing that statement, but here's the other portion that I have. I remember, and it's one of, we always make the comment around here, you know, and we work in the sports realm where we see uh, uh, Hall of Famers and players as they grow old. They always, you always hear the story of you don't want to see your heroes grow old. Not saying the Undertaker is my hero, but he's someone I respect, I look up to. He's a legend in the business. He's a legend. So what he has done. And to hear the story of the Undertaker got backstage and had to be put on a gurney and carted off to the hospital immediately after it wasn't Super Showdown. It was the one before that. I can't remember which one it was. It kind of is like. Crown Jewel? Man, just stop, please. I don't want to. You know, and the last thing I would want is to see The Undertaker get hurt while in the ring. I'm not taking away that you're right. Part of that was Bill Goldberg. It's one of those things that uh, if you go back, if you watch old WCW uh, films and stories, you can see it on WWE Network. You can even look at them on YouTube. There's a lot of guys, uh, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, they all talked about how wild and almost reckless Goldberg was in terms of a wrestler. He ended Bret Hart's Yeah, he knocked Bret Hart out. They talked about how wild and reckless he was, and you saw that this match, and then to just look at it now, it's just kind of, I don't want to see The Undertaker get hurt in the ring physically, because I know, we get it, we're we're both grown here, I know that Mark Gallows is the man, The Undertaker is a character, but at the same time, that character's been a darn good character for many decades. Couple, uh, maybe uh, two to three. Three, right? I mean, he debuted in late '80s or early '90s. Uh, so that's a, even if it's the '90s, it's three decades now. Uh, so I mean, that's amazing. And we're at right at 2020. So it could, he could have he could wrestle in four decades. Let's pull uh, it up. We, hold on, I, I got to know the answer to this because we got to pull. I know we'll get to that. Remind me. Uh, we'll get that uh, after the break. But because I don't want to get to this over the top real quick, because or not real quick, because there's some big news that came out today. Uh, Eric Bischoff is returning to the WWE and the world of wrestling. Uh, Paul Heyman is also returning in the same type of role that Eric is going to be a part of. Obviously, Paul Heyman has been a part of wrestling, uh, continued to be as as um, the mouthpiece for Brock Lesnar. But they are going to be executive directors for the Raw and SmackDown brands. Uh, Eric Bischoff is going to represent SmackDown and... Uh, Paul Heyman is going to take control of Raw. They are both going to reportedly report to Vince McMahon still. So he's the big dog. No offense. Uh, even over Roman Reigns, he's the big dog, Vince McMahon. But apparently, these two guys are going to have the majority of the control. It was even compared to in one article that they will run their brands 
almost to the level that Triple H runs NXT. I think this was needed, and part of the reason that I I know I will say I know this was needed, they have to prepare for USA and Fox. And obviously, Eric Bischoff has experience dealing with uh, TV companies, TV stations, whatever you want to call it. He did it with, for with TNT back in the. Um, he did WCW, it with TBS. TBS. He did it with Spike TV when he was with TNA. Although I don't think he was in. A lot I think of T's he was, going on there. There are. Uh, so he has that uh, relationship. He knows how to work those channels. Uh, so I think he'll be good going to the new um, format over there on Fox this October for SmackDown. Uh, I'm excited about this. I think this is almost as close as we're going to get. Uh, if it's true that Vince McMahon is basically going to let these two guys run these two shows to the level that Triple H runs NXT, this is as close as we're going to get to a Vince McMahon stepping down or retiring anytime soon. Now, the intriguing part that comes out of this, though, at what point does does Triple H feel slighted? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he, I thought that, too, as uh, when I was reading that about the t- those two guys are going to be in control. Look, he's set. He knows his time is coming. Uh, he's probably not going to just be the guy in charge of Raw. He's going to be the Vince McMahon that the guy in charge of Raw and the guy in charge of SmackDown report to. Uh, so I think he knows that that seat is a is eventually going to be his. Um, assuming I guess maybe Shane doesn't want it, but uh, so I think he's going to be okay with this for now. And he still has NXT and he's doing wildly successful stuff with that down there with them. Um, but let me ask you this. Shoot. The, these two guys are now helming, or are supposedly helming, and this apparently will take effect as soon as this coming up Raw and SmackDown. Both of these guys, though, ran promotions that failed ultimately in the end and lost out to Vince McMahon. Now, obviously, WCW had a very strong run against WWF uh, back in the day, WWF. 83 weeks straight of beating them in the ratings, and then a couple other weeks here and there, they beat them in the ratings. But ultimately, they failed, and both of their companies went under with them at the helm. So should you put these two guys back in, in, in these type of roles? And his role in Bischoff, as much I do like Bischoff, I thought he did a great job at WCW. Obviously, it did fail, though. Um, but, hey, TNT and uh, TNA never really got off the ground with him supposedly in control down there. Now keep in mind for Eric Bischoff to his credit, he gave us what I he gave us the historical story that we just talked about earlier. Hogan turning heel. The NWO was Eric Bischoff's brainchild. He put W he gave WCW a fighting chance in the Monday Night Wars. Because I don't think if the NWO doesn't come about, you can debate me if I'm wrong, you can at me at John Rad four fifty. If Eric Bischoff doesn't come up with the NWO, WCW does not make it as long as it did because Ric Flair wasn't going to carry it. Sting wasn't going to do it. Luger wasn't going to do it. Okay, just quick side note. So you just said those two guys weren't going to carry it. Who carried it? Wait, say that again? Who did carry it? WCW? Uh-huh. The NWO. Which was Hulk Hogan, which is why Hulk Hogan is the GOAT and not Ric Flair. But I'm that's sorry. from a few whoa, weeks whoa, ago, whoa, but whoa, go whoa. ahead. Okay, let's cut you off. The NWO also consisted of Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. They were the founding fathers of it. They started that portion of it, and that's what gave them the fighting chance to that when the black and white came about, that's what gave them the fighting chance to go with it. So it is one of those scenarios that I think if Bischoff can have the 
freedom like he had at WCW and create it? Because keep in mind, WCW didn't run into a problem until they brought Vince Russo over. And Vince Russo was the one who put, uh, who was the actor? He David Arquette. Was a champion. He became a champion. So did Russo. So did Jay Leno. So did uh, you know? And he did some some things that were wise, that were creative. Diamond Dallas Page with Carl Malone. There were some creative things in there. But Vince Russo was to me a big portion in taking WCW down. But Vince Vince Russo was also a big portion of making the '90s Attitude Era what it was. And but he couldn't recreate that. No, he keep could in not. mind he went over to WCW. He and also he was handcuffed it. by a lot of uh, limitations that T- Turner by sponsorship uh, broadcasting put on him. And yeah. for Paul Heyman, I know we got a break. For Paul Heyman, to his credit, he I mean he kept that thing where they were playing in, they were wrestling in bingo halls, gymnasiums. He started something different, and to me, I think he created a genre of wrestling. If I if there is such a thing. That would have come about. That I don't think would have come about without Paul Heyman creating ECW and giving us such teams as the Dudley Boys, uh, uh, Rob Van Dam, Rob Van Dam, Mister Monday Night, Tommy Dreamer, yeah. Legend, Sandman. I mean, there's yeah. there's a lot. And Mick Foley and Steve Austin both went through there before they made the official Eddie Guerrero, jump to Chris WWE. Benoit, oh, yeah. Rey there Mysterio. was a ton of talent in ECW. So, and I loved ECW. Sabu. Uh, I mean, there there was a, a bunch of talent down there. You're right, and but it ultimately it failed. Well, and it definitely never reached the levels of WCW or WWE. Well, another radio station failed in town, and now they work here. So you see how it works in big business, brother. <laughs> Not everything is WWE-related tonight. And when we return, we're going to finally get to a little bit of AEW. They've got a big event coming up this weekend, Fighter Fest. You're listening to The Finishing Move on Atlanta Sports X, 1230 a.m. and 106.3 FM. From 9 a.m. to noon. I tell you what, though, I must say it every time I get an opportunity to say it. I have a partner, boy, that has my back. So if they get too loose on me and he's around, well, he hear it, he knows how to fight back. And, the, and I appreciate you for that. No in, doubt about it. In the immortal words of the CMB from New Jack City, we all we got. I like that, home team. I feel that. You don't let people get too loose talking about your partner. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. Just don't shoot me in the head after saying it. This is Atlanta's alternative sports station, 1230 and 106.3 FM, the Sports X. Hey, Atlanta, it's front office Lowe's for Bedlam Vodka. I'm making the call for you to join the rebellion with me. Try something new. Bedlam Vodka is unique. It's a rice-based vodka that dates back to an old family recipe from Ireland. Bedlam Vodka has a taste and a drinkability that is over 170 years in the making. Bedlam is craft vodka. It's American-made and gluten-free. Head to your local store and buy a bottle of Bedlam Vodka. Bedlam Vodka. Live rebelliously. Drink responsibly. Brian Estes for Estes Services. Being local and family-owned means you can always talk to an owner. You know, many of Atlanta's biggest names in heating and air are now part of large holding companies based outside of the market or even out of the country. For 70 years, Estes has been keeping Atlanta's families comfortable, including serving the kids and even grandkids of longtime customers. Since my grandfather started our company in 1949, there's always been an Estes at Estes. See us at EstesAir.com. It's that easy. It's Estes. The Financial Symphony is the show that makes sure your retirement plan hits the perfect pitch. We'll show you the necessary tools and strategies to fine-tune your portfolio to set you up for a flawless financial performance in retirement. We'll do that all and more while having fun talking about something we all love, and that's music. 
So join Mark Lloyd on the Financial Symphony, Saturday mornings at 8, right here on Atlanta Sports X, 1230 AM and 1063 FM. Craving the award-winning ooey-gooey mooey burger? I see you drooling over our signature charred Fred Flintstone dry-aged chop. You want to take a bite of our decadent hanging bacon, don't you? It's time to visit our house, Uncle Jack's Meat House. I'm Brian Longacre, General Manager, and I personally invite you to come and get your meat game on. Located off 85 Sugarloaf Parkway next to the Infinite Energy Arena, visit us at Uncle Jack's Meat house.com this is the finishing move with the road dog adam gillespie brandon joseph and big john radcliffe talking all things wrestling on atlanta's alternative sports station the x all right we only got a couple minutes so let's get to it very quickly wait real uh, quick though before we get too deep into it where the hell is brandon joseph <laughs> well he hasn't been here since like show one I mean, he's a big part of the show. He does help us out. But he I does. keep hearing, we got to get that salvo change. But he deserves uh, some time off. He works his butt off around this he place. He does. Thanks, BJ. Between Braves and the two shows on the here on the Ags, home team in Hamilton, and the cheap seats and uh, all the video stuff he does. He works his uh, butt off running around this place. Uh, Fighter Fest this weekend for free on Bleacher Wait, Report how much Live. Is it? Free. That's $0.00 dollars nice. and cents. Uh, on Bleacher Report Live, all you got to do is go over to Bleacher Report, sign up for uh, one of their accounts, and you can watch this pay-per-view for free. Uh, I'm going to be watching it. It's Saturday night. That seems to be their night to do their pay-per-views. Um, I'm John Moxley making his debut, and what came out today uh, is going to be now a non-sanctioned match versus Joey Janela, uh, which basically means no rules, and they can do whatever they want because AEW is not sanctioned it. So they're not going to be held responsible for whatever happens. Uh, we're getting Cody versus Darby Al- Allen. Who? <laughs> Darby Allen. Okay, cool. <laughs> Look, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to watch it. I, I We did this before. I know the Elite, and they're taking on the Lucha Brothers. I know those guys, except for the Laredo Kid. But, uh, yeah, the rest I'm just going to yeah, watch. Yeah, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks uh, teaming up against uh, to take on them in six-man tag action. Uh, you know Dustin. You know Adam Page. I do. I know so, Adam Page. And, and okay. a four-man. Uh, and a, and, and a who's Adam jungle, Page going up against? Jungle Boy, who is Luke Perry's son. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Havoc. Who's and that? MJF. I know MJF. He's very entertaining is on that Twitter. The sing- is that the musician guy? You Machine know Christopher Kel- Daniels. Okay. And who's he taking on? CIMA. <laughs> All right. But this is part of a new a new promotion. We've got to learn these guys, and so far they're giving us good reason to learn them. Hey, but Rhino you know what? The, is wrestling. He works here. The one name, him. the one name that is missing, and probably their biggest name, Chris Jericho, who you pointed out a couple weeks ago, said he I wasn't going to participate. Uh, we'll I'll believe that when the pay per view closes without him making an appearance. Uh, but once again, thank you for listening to the finishing move for John Radcliffe. This is Adam Gillespie. Have a great night.